May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning. Most of you know that right behind me, outside the church, uh, there is a giant live oak tree. Now, this tree is over 200 years old, which means that it would have been here when Harriet Beecher Stowe and her friends founded Church of Our Savior in the 1880s. Those who were building the first church building, as well as this second church building, would have had to work around the tree and its roots. Over the years, countless children have climbed up into the crook of that tree. There's like, like God made little steps up the tree into this crook. And there's even a story that Father Bill Anderson, uh, who was the rector a long time ago, put a live tiger up there. Some have disputed that, this, as I've told that story this morning, but that's the, that's the legend anyway. The tree has a massive canopy and provides almost all the shade that is over our beautiful riverbank lawn. But lately, I have, as I've been looking at that tree, I've been marveling at how it leans. Now, you might think, well, Father Joe has too much time on his hands, but think if you just think about the massive twin trunks, thousands and thousands of pounds, each of them, and they just lean elegantly way out over the lawn, and every time, every time that hurricane force winds, these high winds come off the river, they are virtually, these, these massive trunks are virtually unaffected. Now, I'm no physicist, and I'm no arborist, but I've just been just amazed, really, just thinking about how they lean and how strong the tree is, and not just the trunks, though, but to think about this, what the leaning shape of the tree says about the strength of the roots, and, of, and even of the soil all around them. The soil silently holds it all in place below ground so that we get to enjoy the beauty and the shade and the elegant lean above ground. The bulk and the beauty of the tree is sustained by the soil in which it is rooted. The bulk and the beauty of the tree are sustained by the soil in which it is rooted. So we are in our third week of, um, of a series on the lectionary readings of Ephesians. We're, we're in uh, St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We're in chapter 3 today. We started a couple of weeks ago with chapter 1. And, and you, if you were here, you remember that just effusive, cascading, run-on sentence. It just goes on and on that Paul is just talking about, so just he's bubbling with the uh, glory and the sovereignty of God. This is the beauty and the elegance of our salvation. And then last week in chapter 2, Paul walks the Ephesians through, and, and of course us as well, walks them again just through that gospel message of grace, the gospel of God's grace. And so today in chapter 3, Paul is telling, uh, telling them exactly how he is praying for them. He's telling them how he's praying for them. His prayer is a little like our oak trees. It's, uh, it's weighty. It is beautiful. It's sort of sprawling elegantly in its theology. 
And five lines down, if you were to take a look, he says everything that he's praying for them is rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Now, Paul himself is certainly rooted and grounded in love. And not, I don't mean in like syrupy sentiment, you know, like he's rooted in the strong, sustaining, gracious love of God. And when he says, he's, he says, I bow my knees before the Father. If you go back and look in your Bible, it says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. What is the reason? He's talking about what we talked about last week in chapter 2. The gospel of grace is available to all people, Jews and Gentiles. It just, it never ceases to amaze Paul. This, you remember we talked about that glorious but now but now you, uh, or you, were, you Gentiles were strangers and aliens, but now you who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And, and he says, for this reason, I'm, I'm just on my knees. I'm praying for you. And he, he is perpetually awed and continually shaped by this gospel message. He is rooted and grounded in the gracious love of God. But he's also acknowledging that the Ephesians, too, have been rooted and grounded in the love of God. Everything Paul is praying for them is to the end that they would have a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the soil in which they are planted is the gospel, gracious love of God. And we would do well as Christians to appropriate this prayer for ourselves. In other words, our relationship with Christ will grow more beautifully, more weighty, above ground, which is to say what everybody can see, like our service, our kindness, our graciousness, our forgiveness. Our relationship with Christ will grow above ground as it is continually rooted and grounded in the strong, sustaining love of God below ground, which is to say on the inside. So what, is, what exactly is Paul praying for the Ephesians? First, he's praying for their below ground, right? for their inner life. He calls it the inner being. He says, I pray for God the Father to grant you to be strengthened in your inner being with power through the Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, Surely they already have the Spirit in them and in some measure, right? Because they're, they're Christians already. They, they could not have faith without the presence of the Spirit. They could not trust Christ apart from His indwelling. But, you know, our giant tree one time was a little tree. But, and it was no less a tree then, but it has grown into a great tree. And so Paul is praying in the same way for their spiritual growth, that their access the Spirit, that Christ's presence in their hearts will grow, will grow through being rooted and grounded in love, the love of God. Now, I have to be honest, you know, this, it's hard for me to imagine, maybe hard for you to imagine uh, exactly what Paul is talking about, because you can't see it. You can't see what Paul is saying. I mean, how do you, how do you see, how do you measure uh, being strengthened in your inner being by the Spirit? Or how do you uh, get Jesus to dwell in your heart? Uh, these, these phrases might sound to some a little bit churchy, a little nebulous. 
And sometimes we hear phrases like that, we don't know what to do with it except kind of let it float by. And, um, you know, I, I don't mean to be controversial, but, you know, women are often more intuitive and comfortable with things. Men don't get this stuff a lot of times. Like, we, you know, if we can't eat it or watch it or push it or pick it up, we don't know what to do with it a lot of times. And, and, um, and, and sometimes uh, we just, we're just really good at sitting there, aren't we? You know, now at the 930 service, all the women said amen to that. I I don't know uh, about that. But, yeah, I've got I've got good news for all of us in that. Uh, What did what did that tree do to to get so big and strong? It just sat there. right? Nothing. It just sat there. Now, it's just a metaphor. So don't just sit on your couch or something like that. But uh, but to say that we just we're to stay in the gospel that just over and over again, stay rooted in the love and the grace of God. If you look at the text, Paul is not praying that the Ephesians would somehow you know, get smartened up and, 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 uh, and make themselves spiritual. He is praying that they will become spiritual as they are rooted and grounded in love. Now, they just need to sit there in the soil of God's grace and the gospel will do its work in them. That just stay in that glorious but now. Think daily about God as your rescuer. Think daily about Jesus as your savior. Praise him continually for his life and death and resurrection. Stay there, rooted and grounded in the love of God, and you will grow. You will grow. Paul is asking God to take the soil of his gospel and make them grow in the spirit and make their hearts fuller and fuller with Christ. There's no instructions to the Ephesians about what they are to be doing. Now, that is coming next next week, chapter 4. We'll talk about what we're to be doing. But our Christian action is always a response to the action of Jesus Christ. He moves first. And so Paul is rooting all of us in the gospel. That's the soil. Paul is full of praise. He's full of Jesus. And so as their pastor, he's saying to them, I want you to have what I have. I, God did it to me. I'm asking him now to do it to you. So sit there. Return again and again. Root yourself in the gospel and let God do his work in you through that gospel. The soil is the gospel. And so he's praying for their spiritual life. But next, second thing he prays, is he's praying for their minds. Praying for their comprehension. He says, I pray that you would have the power to comprehend what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Breadth, length, height, depth, what is he talking about? When I first moved to Jacksonville, I, I did not go anywhere without my GPS. Right? I didn't go anywhere because Jacksonville is huge. It is gigantic. And I just, I mean, broad and long. I mean, it was, it's so big. And I didn't know how to get to one place from the other. Uh, I could barely get from my house here and back, going back to my house. I mean, they all look the same, y'all. I mean, you know, find the stucco house with the hip roof and the palm tree in the front. They, they, all, they all look the same. And, but eventually, like, I figured it out. And I figured it out by wandering around, right? I'd 
I, I learned how to, I learned the roads by driving the roads, by getting in it. Even if I didn't know exactly where I was going, I began to comprehend the layout and sort of build a map in my brain. And every now and then, I still need GPS to get somewhere. There are parts of Jacksonville that I haven't explored yet. Uh, but Jacksonville is just as big as it ever was. And just by living in it, by driving around in it, I've come to understand the layout, come to understand it. Right? And, and Paul is saying that God is like Jacksonville. I think that was actually in his mind when he wrote that. God is like Jacksonville. He is big, high, uh, broad and long and high and deep. He, his love is big. His gospel is big. Your soul is big. And he says, I'm praying that God is going to give you the power to understand the map a little bit. Right? To drive around in its sum. Don't stay. You know, I could have stayed in Birmingham. I bought a house here, but I could have stayed there. I'd never have gotten to know it. You got to get in it to know it, right? And he says, You got to, you're Christian, get in it. Get in it. Drive around it. Feel comfortable. Begin to feel comfortable with the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of God's mercy and grace. Because you, friends, you've got a big God, and He can do amazing, amazing things. His love for you is bigger than you can imagine, but you've got to drive around in it a little bit, right? He says, I'm praying for you to begin to get your head around it, that you start to comprehend its infinite and eternal height and depth and length and breadth. To know, and then he says, and to know the love that surpasses knowledge. How do you know something that surpasses what you know about it? Let me remind you, most of you probably uh, have, have gone through this. You, you remember at one time, like you heard, you've you heard people talking about being in love. Right? You, and you saw movies or read books about people who were in love. And so in some sense, you knew of what it was to be in love, but then you fell in love. Then you fell in love, and that was completely different than just knowing about it. Right? You began to experience it for yourself. You felt the dizziness and the exhilaration and the, the, the flutter in your chest. You felt the heartbreak of your first fight and you, the joy of kissing and making up and to an even stronger love. You had knowledge now, experiential knowledge, that surpassed just knowing about it and hearing about it. And I think that is what Paul is getting at here. That we can, there, you know, we can know about Jesus. We know the facts. We know that he was born of a virgin. He's called the Son of God. He lived an amazing life and did a lot of miracles like the 5,000 we heard about in the gospel. We, um, we, uh, he died on a cross and, and rose again. We know the facts. We've heard, you can hear over and over again that he loves you and wants to forgive you and live in your heart. Like We know about Jesus and his love, but Paul is praying for knowledge that surpasses that kind of knowledge. That he wants us to have an experiential knowledge of Jesus. To know Jesus personally and closely. And now, for some, that might sound a little woo-woo. right? Just a little... Um, a little nebulous again, you know, but it's, it's not. Jesus is alive, and he's with us spiritually. And so knowing him personally is another part of what happens when we are rooted and grounded in love, in that gospel message. And I would, I mean, I admit, again, this, the specifics of that uh, relationship with Christ like that is hard to explain. 
It, for some, it might sound like magic or fairy tales that you can know someone and speak to someone and have trust and confidence in someone that you can't see or hear or touch. If you're somebody who struggles with a concept like that, I want to invite you. I would love to talk to you about that and explain more, uh, talk about uh, experiences of the presence of God in prayer. Talk about answered prayer and even miracles that I've seen. Talk about how his word can speak directly into the situation that we're dealing with in our heart because it is living and active. That God is present with us. But I would also want to tell you that being rooted and grounded in the soil of the gospel and growing in that relationship with Christ makes all the difference in the world when those hurricane winds of life start to blow. Because they will. They're gonna, some, for some of you, they're, they're blowing now. I mean, you think about that tree would come crashing down if it didn't have the roots and the soil. And it, and it, would, it would do a lot of damage in the process. Staying rooted in the soil of the gospel, knowing Jesus keeps us upright when tragedy strikes. When the phone call comes in the middle of the night or, or whatever it is, that, that dry season in your life, whatever it is, being rooted in the gospel keeps us strong. So in every sense, the grace of God in Christ is wonderful and it is important, and it is true, and as your pastor, I want you to have what I have. And I want you uh, to know, of course, that I'm very human, and I falter, and I struggle, and I mess up, and I have to apologize and repent and say I'm sorry, and God is good, He's forgiving and kind, and He invites us to return over and over again to the soil of his grace so that we may grow in his spirit so that we may have more and more of the indwelling of his presence so that we more may more and more comprehend who he is height and the length and the breadth and the depth so stay rooted and grounded in the gospel of God's love and expect expect to grow in his grace amen